Welcome back to the True North CFL Podcast. This is going to be an off-season special, and we're also going to talk about the fall prospect rankings. I am your host, Jimmy Leach. You can follow me on my Twitter at JimmyLeachCFL. I'm Taylor Curry, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at TaylorCurrySK. I'm James Tease, and you can follow me at James underscore Tease. That's T-E-E-S. All right, so... Obviously, with the CFL being postponed, there isn't a ton of CFL news, so we're going to cover some of the main stories, and then we're going to get into some Canadian ex-CFLers, see how they're doing in the NFL, then talk about the prospect rankings and some other notable Canadians in the college system. And without further ado, let's get into the news. So, Three Down Nation posted a really interesting article about Canadians' experience in the the Mexican Professional Football League, and some of it was very interesting. Um, if you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend it. And what do you two kind of have to say about the article before I get into it? And I would never want to play in Latin America after reading this post football. Yeah, it sounded tough. Like just like just reading it again right now, they'd scream at me for not knowing the assignments, but the playbook wasn't finished, and they would change things without telling me. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, like that's super sketchy. And then, not even getting to the steroids or the drugs that a lot of the players took. Like they said, the one of the drugs they were taking, they were pop. They were like M and M's, I guess. Like they were super common. And the dr- the pills they were giving them were a drug that had not been approved in the United States or in Canada because it causes, like, severe liver damage. And it's just like, wow. And then they're injecting them with some drug that some of the players didn't know what it was, and the ca- some of the Canadian kids said no to it because, you know, they didn't know what it was and they didn't want to put it in their body. Yeah. Oh, it was just, yeah, it didn't, like, I think there was, what, one or two good stories in there, but the rest of them, yeah, it sounds like they really didn't have a good time, so be curious to see how CFL 2.0 is affected from here on with this. Or, like, it just sounds like it's, like, poorly ran. They discuss talking about, like, how they hit every day, full speed, full pads every day, when a lot of pro teams, people may not know this, just go shoulder pads and uh, shorts most days a lot of college yeah. teams here and from experience we don't go full go all the time in pads we're you're at a level where you know how to hit and it's about preserving your body and making plays rather knowing assignments well yeah the cfl only allows what three padded practices now a year or something like that yeah there's not a ton like of those it's very minimal yeah yeah like I don't know, some of that stuff was super sketchy, and apparently some of the players had issues getting paid in U.S. dollars, which was part of the deal to send them down there. Some of them wanted to pay them in, I guess, pesos, and again, things like that, and I don't know, there was just a lot of sketchy stuff. Like, the one team team that was uh, the quarterback that went down there talked about how, you know, uh, he kind of got the shaft, even though he kind of outperformed the the Mexican QB there, be- just because that Mexican QB was kind of like the face of the league, and they didn't want some Canadian kid 
taking his spot, even if he was objectively better. Yeah, yeah. To, quote it, to quote it right here, Graham Kelly got shafted pretty hard. He was a better quarterback than Bruno, but Bruno was the face of their team. Ownership wanted him to be the starter no matter what. I wonder what would happen if an actual good QB went down there and like no hate on that guy from Mount Allison, but it's not like he's that nice with it. I wonder what they how they would have yeah. treated a better U sports quarterback or better players. Yeah, like a Noah Picton or something like that. An established guy who's like a heck winner for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would definitely be interesting. Um yeah, it sounded like different teams were treating players better than others, like the Graham Kelly's team, the Raptors. They didn't seem to really want the Canadian players, whereas uh, I think the team's called the Oshos was the team that, like, the one guy had a very positive experience with them. They, you know, opened the Canadian kids with open arms. They actively tried to integrate them into the team, and I think that's where more of the part positive stuff from the article came in oh for sure they realize that they got these guys who actually have real skill and can be an impact player yeah yeah and i think another problem that they had too was a lot of the coaches had trouble with english and some of them were full-time coaches a lot of them had kind of side hustles and i know one of them they said yeah he was also like a full-time college football coach so I think that probably helped with that situation, but I don't imagine all of those uh, coaches in the Mexican League are also college coaches, so I could also see that being a problem. Yeah, overall, mixed reactions. I'd be curious to see how um, it would go if these guys went to Europe instead of Mexico. I feel like the skill level might be a little bit more better in Europe because I know guys who've done it and they've really loved it. And uh, I believe Chris Merchant was going to do that prior to COVID. And he's a two-time Heck Crichton winner and is the real deal. And also a lot of American guys who don't succeed elsewhere go there. Yeah, I heard he was going to Finland or something like that. But yeah, it'd be interesting to kind of see if they sent, you know, Canadians to the European leagues instead of the Mexican league, if the experience would be similar, or like how it would be different, you know? Because, yeah, I do think the talent there is better because I've heard of, you know, a lot of U.S. college players where it didn't necessarily work out for them. They go over to Europe and stuff. And, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that might have been a better experience. But, again, so far with Mexico, I thought it was pretty mixed. And yeah, then, I don't think they're going yeah. to do it again. <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, with the pr- with uh, the press kind of getting this information, I don't think they will. I think they'll send them to Europe instead. Oh, for sure. I, the only reason I also think the competition would be better is because like Mexican people aren't known for being big people. Like in Germany, there's probably guys who are massive, or just like the physicality is probably there rather. Yeah, I feel you on that one. Um, so, speaking of negative media coverage, uh, CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi threatens to fine teams uh, and staff members if uh, in- 
for basically information leaks because they weren't happy that with some of the press that's been coming out lately. So they're just well, like, they, you know what? If we catch you leaking stuff, we're going to fine you. They were having some board of governor meetings and stuff like that, I believe, too. And they didn't want anything to come out of that. So they just put a warning ahead of time. Man, I thought I liked Ambrosi, but he's really fumbling the bag, so to speak, with everything. I agree 100%. Yeah, I kind of changed my opinion on him a little bit lately just with the handling of uh, trying to acquire funding for the CFL with yeah. him not going in with the PA initially and, you know, not uh, being able to answer some basic questions. Like, yeah, don't yeah. Get, like, get someone who has real business knowledge on your side to help you build this instead of going in there on your own, like empty handed. Yeah, well, exactly. he, the thing is, like, he's a successful business person outside of the CFL, but yeah, he, I don't know, I feel like he should have went in with the PA, should have had better communication in place, it just, yeah, it made the league look like a bit of a joke when he went in there and, you know, didn't have a plan about how the money was going to be given to the players, or well, uh, things like we that. Be, we want to be considered, you know, one of the big leagues, the big leagues that everyone talks about, too, but we're the only big league that couldn't figure out how to get off the ground this year. Yeah, that's oh, pretty sure. sad because, you know, the MLS is even playing and, you know, we're supposed to be like one league ahead of them because we're one of the big six professional leagues in North America. And yeah, like you said, we're the only one not playing. So that's kind of, it's pretty damning in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, 100p. And then Probably our last piece of big news is BC GM Ed Hervey uh, stepped down as the BC Lions general manager. Um, he cited, I believe it was family and personal reasons for yeah. stepping down. So interesting. I don't know what they I go. Heard, oh, wait, go ahead. I heard a rumor that Roy Simon could be the next GM. Oh, I could definitely see that. Yeah. It's cool. interesting. He's been working he, in their like, scouting department for a long time, hasn't he? Well, yeah, and that's something that the CFL's been lacking is like the NFL has their like their PA after and people are still involved in things. CFL you don't get that. Like you don't get players turning into coaches like too often, you know? It's there, but it's not there as much as it should be. Yeah, you so, always get guys coming from the US that, you know, like yeah, has a job open. But you know, it's someone, G.R. Simon, who spent basically his whole career in BC going back to coach there and stuff, or like possibly be a GM. I think that'd be pretty cool. And yeah, like the Riders did that too, but we're different. But like, you know, you don't see that with, well, I guess Toronto did it, but <laughs> Montreal, uh, Montreal, they just got new ownership. But you know, like it's, they got to see more of it, just more old players in the league still. You know? Yeah. What I was trying to get to, sorry. <laughs> All good, James. Do you have anything? No, nothing to add. <laughs> that, that's fair. That's fair. This is like, I don't know. Like, did they go out and hire a new GM right away, or do they wait just because they don't really need one right now with CFL kind of laying low? But, you know, do you that's replace that job question. right away, or do you wait a couple of months before you search, you know? I think you wait. Got to see how everything unfolds. Don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. Makes sense. And then, 
So that's our probably big news. I think we mentioned this last time, but Henry Burris is a, he's stuck with the Bears. Or, yeah. yeah, a job. Like he was he went down there as like an intern and they liked him so much they just kept him on staff. So that's awesome. Especially because he used to play well, he he did play for the Started. Bears way back when. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty Glad cool. to see he's succeeding. One of those players I really liked. Just seems like a good guy. Well, is a good guy when I've met yeah. him. Just uh, overall happy for him. Yeah, Same. absolutely. So let's go, speaking of NFL success, let's go to Canadians and ex CFLers that are currently in the NFL. So let's start off with a guy who's been popping off recently and Chase Claypool. What do you guys have to say about Ooh. him right now? Well, I've had I- him on my. No, you go ahead, Jim. I I'm telling you this right now. He was number two in the T, uh, CFL prospect rankings. Nah, he should have been number one. He shouldn't even be ranked. Chuba Hubbard's not ranked because people think he's a first, second rounder. And I put Chase Claypool in that vein. I've been telling people he was the Notre Dame team MVP. You don't dominate dudes like that in college, and like not expect them to be good. I felt I knew I not because I know football or like that I like Notre Dame or anything. It's just. I I knew this was going to happen. Just his body type is built for the NFL, not like these other guys that were coming out of college. Yeah, definitely. Claypool, like, he had the physicality right when he came out. He was putting up really good measurables at the combine, and you mentioned his college success. It He just seemed like he was going to be good for somebody, and yeah, with Pittsburgh, he's kind of... he's. Kind of taking Deontay Johnson's spot a little bit recently. He's getting a lot more targets, uh, especially these last couple of weeks. So I hope he builds Ooh. on that, man, because he's been good. He's averaging he- 19.7 yards per catch, 17 receptions, four touchdowns, uh, receiving, and 335 receiving yards. That's pretty good for a second-round guy or a receiver in general. Well, and you think, too, like... He kind of took away all, almost all of Juju Smith-Schuster's targets too. Like he was their number one guy, and I like I've been watching every Sunday, and I've barely seen him compared to Chase Claypool. Yeah, it's pretty nice to see the native Avers Avisford BC kind of producing out there, man. It's nice. Absolutely. He, he went straight from BC. He never played prep school or JUCO or anything in the state. Straight Canadian ball and made it to Notre Dame, which is crazy, which makes him different from, like, Neville Gallimore, who played at prep school. Yeah. <laughs> and then let's get on to another Canadian in the NFL and ex-CFLer, Tavon Campbell. He was the first Canadian to start at corner since Davis Sanchez. Wow. That. Yeah, that's that. that's definitely really impressive, and... He is, again, he was a Canadian kid, former University of Regina Ram, just, he's a stud, played, man. He played for Team Can- like the Team Canada rugby team, wasn't it? And they yeah. won the gold medal that year. Like, yeah, like, he's, he's a gifted athlete. He's an amazing athlete. Like, he's got speed, too. Like, people forget yeah, about track that. Too, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's a track star. So, yeah. it's just. He's, like, a very gifted athlete. James, do you have anything to add on to Mont Campbell? No, I I 
don't honestly i'm gonna be quite frank uh don't watch a lot of chargers games <laughs> fair enough no, i'm glad that he got a start like i just love to see canadian guys do well and the fact that he played at u sports and his had a start was crazy and i hope he can build on that success this year same and then another canadian he was quiet last year patriots first round pick Nikhil harry what do you mean he's still quiet yeah he he's hasn't a- been doing anything it's not like one or two games where he's done okay, but yeah. you know, yeah, he got his first receiving touchdown. He has 18 uh, receptions for 166 yards and a TD. He's playing like poo. Yeah, and I have uh, I have a couple buddies who were big Patriots fans. And, uh, they always got mad that Seattle drafted DK Metcalf after Patriots drafted Nikhil Harry. Oh, like they had I forgot about that. Yeah, you know, like it's. He hasn't produced what he should have so far. True. And, oh yeah, James, go ahead. No, no, that's what I was going to say, but uh, just one guy I just want to touch on real quick. I don't know if anyone remembers uh, James Vodders from the Stamps. Uh, he's yeah. a rotational guy on Chicago. He actually has, I think, like three sacks and has actually been an impact player. He got a sack on Phillip Rivers against the Colts and had a tackle for loss on Jonathan Taylor. Just just a little Thanks. shout out for a guy people may have forgot of. Yeah, he's not on our list, but yeah, I forgot about him. Sure, so good, good save on that one, James. And then moving on to another guy here, Neville Gallimore. Like, man, what's yeah. been up with him? He's been quiet. Yeah, the Cowboys had an injury to um, uh, <clears throat> Geno Atkins, yes, when he tore his Achilles, and everyone was like, oh, Gallimore's going to get the start. No, man, he's just been buried behind the D-line. He only has two uh, solo tackles and one assisted, and he hasn't looked very good, but I also thought when people had him as a first-round pick was kind of a stretch. He's not been uh, – uh, and I was wrong about uh, – Geno Atkins, it was Gerald McCoy. My apologies, guys. But a lot of guys got injured, and he hasn't done much. And yeah, that was a stretch having him as a first-round pick. But he's developing. It's a it's first year. A lot of first-round guys or guys who get drafted need time to develop. No shock behind that. Yeah, for sure. And Very true. Yeah. Another guy who he hasn't made an impact yet, but I think eventually will probably some decent reps is Reggie Bagleton. Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I hope he eventually gets some reps with the quarterback he'd have throwing to him. But uh, you know, it's wide receivers are tough in the in the NFL to get in there. So I I just hope he gets a fair shot. Because like he only what he made the roster after there were like three injuries to their wide receivers. They activated him for that one game, but I don't think he did anything that that big. Yeah, he did. That was a uh, Valder Scantling game where that guy went off and. This guy, he yeah, had, he was on the field a little bit, but he didn't get any balls thrown his way. Yeah, it was only really when Devontae Adams went down that he kind of got his shot. Yeah, I hope he gets another shot because Bagleton is a good receiver. It's not like he oh, was yeah. one of those. Like, I think he's a better receiver than you know Duke Williams was when he went down. So, yeah, I don't know. I do hope he gets a, a shot. You know, and then another CFLer who is. He's had some decent success uh, in the NFL as Sam Aguavin. still contributing with the Dolphins, so that's nice to see. 
Go ahead. Uh, yeah, man, I keep forgetting about some of these guys. And yeah, he's just still a teamer, I guess. And the Dolphins have looked pretty decent as of late, I suppose. But rest in peace, got- Fitzmagic. Yeah, RIP Fitzmagic. Yeah. It's the Tua show now, which I mean, as a lefty, gotta gotta support the left-handed quarterback, you know? So, it's nice to see. Yeah. Sam's got uh, three tackles this year so far. Hey, as so, many as Deville Gallimore, baby. Yeah, he's contributing, you know? He's yep. doing something. He, hey, he did smart. a bit more last year, because I know last year he got some starts, but, I mean, it's still good that he's playing, so it's a nice... He's- he has more stats than Brandon Zilstra, who hasn't recorded a reception this year. Exactly. Yep. And then we got Eric Harris, who is starting free safety for the Raider- Raiders, the former Ticat. So that's definitely a nice nice thing to have. He's been... Yeah, I've been... heard his name a couple times this year, too. Yeah, he's been down the NFL like... for a while, but... Oh, but yeah, like I like making plays. Pick. I've heard of him a couple. Yeah, of times. Yeah. yeah, he had a pretty good pick. Uh, Eric Harris has been doing pretty sick. He's got twenty-one tackles. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And uh, that short of a stretch for uh, a safety. Yeah, yeah. He had nine tackles in one game against the Bills. Wow, good for him. Uh, yeah, wow, he's having a pretty good season so far. Yeah. And then we go to another guy who's been out of the CFL for a while, but it's been a bit of a journeyman in the NFL, uh, Dontrell Inman. He's kind of settled in with the Washington football team's receiving core this year, so that's nice to see. And then, yeah, go ahead. Not much to say there. I yeah. have, We haven't seen this guy in a while. He's kind of jumped around from like Texans, Colts, now uh, football team. But I feel like he's just like a solid practice squad guy. But like too good for the CFL, but good enough to just keep around. Yeah, sure. And then now we get to Alex Singleton, who is finally starting for the Eagles, man. Recently had a pick six. Y'all probably heard about that. And yeah, he's just starting to contribute now, which is nice to see. Yeah, he's got 15 tackles, and he actually started last week. So yeah, no, he's two starts, man, and he's uh, yeah. seven assisted in the interception. And he's still a ball hawk, man. He can, he can, uh, he's around every play. If we're recording oh, this yeah. on the Friday night after the Thursday night game with the Giants and uh, uh, Eagles. And if you just look, he's around everything. He's he's back and forth. I'm surprised he played linebacker in the CFL. He's bigger than Charleston Hughes, guys. Really? Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he, Charleston Hughes is like six one. Singleton's like six three two forty five. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah people forget DNs are tiny in the CFL, except you're if you're Willie Jefferson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then let's go to a guy who hasn't made an impact, but had some buzz earlier on. Chris Strebler, uh hey, getting some reps as the Cardinals' backup man. Yeah, he got some Russian stats in one of those games. What did he get? Like a couple Russian yards on fourth downs? Yep, he's the the first CFL QB to record a stat in the NFL since 2009. So, interesting history there for you. Progress. That's what I'm talking about, baby. About time. I just 
Yeah, of all the QBs, you could have asked me who who was going to be the first CFL QB of the pool last year to record a stat in the NFL. Chris Shuttler's probably pretty low on that list. Like, I probably would have had Bo ahead of him, but, like, it's still good to see, you know? <clears throat> yeah. But Bo's money chasing. Chris is a young buck. True. Yeah. Because I, I actually, I seen a post someone put on Instagram the other day, I think it was, and it said, uh, the Minnesota Vikings would have put in Bo Levi Mitchell by now this year. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> like, oh, I don't know about that. If he would have just, you know, been quiet and sat around and held quiet his tongue, probably yeah. could have been playing. No? But the thing was, at the time, the veteran minimum wasn't a lot, but also he wouldn't be considered a veteran minimum. So he would have been making, like, pretty like close to what he's making in the like CFL. CFL money. Yeah. Yeah, like CFL money. People don't realize like an active roster guy, if you're not a veteran, can make like is like six hundred thousand dollars a year less than. Oh yeah. And especially if you're bouncing up and down from the practice squad, you're not making all that money. People don't realize that a lot of these guys in the CFL don't go to the NFL for that reason because they want to play and make some decent money. Yeah, he's making yeah. more money in the CFL. He's making around seven hundred thousand dollars, know, in the CFL. So, oh yeah, I'd take that money over, not guarantees over something that's just up in the air, for sure. Yeah, and the likeliness of playing is very slim too. Yeah. Oh, and a guy like Cousins for sure. Yeah. And then we got Brent Urban, who's also on the Bears. He's kind of been a rotational guy for them, sort of like Vodders. So. It's nice to see him making getting some numbers too as a guy who's kinda not really a journeyman, but hasn't really cheered too much and he's kind of found himself on that Bears team, so that's good. Uh Saga native, Mississauga. Yeah, he he had a sack against the Colts too, I'm pretty sure. Um unfortunately, if you guys can't tell by my voice, I like the Colts. But uh yeah, no, he's been looking pretty mm-hmm. solid when he's subbing in for guys like Akeem Hicks. And shout out Akeem Hicks, American, but he went to University of Regina. Yep. He's on page mm-hmm. for an all-pro year at D-Tackle, man. 21 tackles, 3.5 sacks. And people may think that's not a lot. For an interior D-lineman at this point Good in the stance. season, 21 uh, tackles and 3.5 sacks is crazy for, uh, for a D-Tackle. Yeah, that's wild. And yeah, that's awesome. Former Ram, that's pretty dope. And Brett Urban, he's got five tackles and a sack so far in six games. So not bad. Yeah, that's good. A role playing D ta- uh, a backup D tackle. That's pretty good stats. Yeah, definitely. To record a sack, that's big. Yeah. And then another uh, defensive tackle uh, for the Saints, uh, Riders Traffic and U of M alumni, David Oyamata. Has two sacks in four games. Yeah, he's a starter this year. He was like rotational, played a lot last year. Not a starter, but for Sheldon Rankins, finally beat that guy out. He's the starter now. <clears throat> That's awesome. For people who didn't know, and my most memorable moment of him is him smacking Cam Newton in the playoffs. Cam Newton getting up and then literally collapsing again, if anyone remembers that, a few years, about three years ago. A oh. little bit. And he got resigned this year. He was a free agent. He got a nice little paycheck, and I'm happy to see a, a real U Sports turn NFL guy get paid. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. 
And then our final notable player, this isn't everybody, just so people know, because someone might ask, like, oh, what about Deontay Spencer, this guy? We we only really wanted to note guys who were, you know, contributing, so or, like, had something notable happen. So Deontay you, Spencer had a 50-yard punt return. Oh, okay, that must happen recently, because when I was doing <laughs> research, people were like, oh, I asked a Broncos fan, it's like, hey, how's Deontay Spencer doing? And it's like, Oh, he hasn't really been doing anything, so it's like, oh, okay. But yeah, like he was a Pro Bowl alternate last year, so he he's another guy who's pretty good. Uh, more of a return specialist in the NFL. He's gotten some reps on offense recently, but hasn't done too much on offense. Good yeah. special teamer, though. Yeah, one catch, seven yards. That's what he's got so far. And on to our another Bronco. Uh, he's a dual citizen. Uh. Brett Rippon, nephew of Super Bowl MVP Mark Rippon, who is a Canadian quarterback. So good to see him getting a start, even if, you know, he didn't play great. You know, still nice to see. Shout out Brett, Calgary native. Yep. Nice. All right, so now we're going to move on to the notable Canadian prospects. These guys are not eligible for the CFL draft, or they're not ranked. Uh, We're going to do the fall rankings uh, in a different episode of the podcast. Um, So yeah, we'll just go over some notable Canadians in the NCAA right now. Um, So first off, we got Ajo Ajo, uh, the Clemson freshman James. Uh, What do you got to say about him? Uh, he's been all. He's kind of one of those guys who came in garbage time, but he got a pretty nice TD last week against uh, Georgia Tech, who <clears throat> got absolutely smoked by Clemson. But he's one of these guys who's going to take time to develop. There's a million first round dudes on that team. For sure, yeah. Like to even play at Clemson, you know, you got to be pretty good. And as a freshman, I feel like that's decent accomplishment, you know. Oh, um, for sure. Uh, so the thing is, like, there's also a lot of other guys. There's a guy named Lamar Goods. He signed to Florida, and he's not even a dresser, and he was higher ranked than Ajou was for Canadians. Like, that's what I mean. The fact that Ajou was actually, like, dressing is, is is insane and has a TD. That's crazy. It doesn't matter the opponent, but the fact that he's dressing for a team like that is insane. For sure. And, yeah, I don't know. How long till he – is he a true freshman, or is he, like, a redshirt freshman? I think he's true. I'm not entirely sure because uh, I know he played prep school. I knew him from high school, but I'm pretty sure he played prep school first. Yeah, that's cool. You have a lot of connections to these guys, man. That Berta connection, I'm telling you. Yep. And then we got Jared Wayne, who is a sophomore wide receiver at Pitt. Um, what do you know on, about him? He's been okay. He's He's got one touchdown and about 136 yards. <clears throat> His only touchdown, I I don't want to say what exact team. It was um, it was against Syracuse. He had his one TD. His biggest game's been against Boston College, but uh, man, he's had not, he's only had like eight, nine receptions. So I suppose, but also Pitt has not been playing good. They got smacked by Miami and lost to Boston College. So. Yeah, 
So he's doing all right. He's doing all right. He's doing all right. He, he'll get better. He'll get better. All right. That's good. And then we're going to go to uh, Tavius Robinson of Old Miss, outside linebacker. He's a junior. I know this Man, guy I... transferred from U Sports, didn't he? Yeah, he played at Guelph. I've played against him. He's like a 6'9 D end. So that's obviously the Div 1 appeal. So this, he has two more years after this one because this one does not count towards NCAA. Um, uh, eligibility. And also the thing is um, Ole Miss people may not know this have one of, I think it was statistically the worst defense in FBS. So that's kind of embarrassing. And over the past few years, he doesn't have any sacks, but he has a few uh, tackles so far, even though his job is being an edge rusher. He kind of got blown up against Bama, but he kind of needs to fill out and gain like 15, 20 pounds, and I think he'll be a stud. Interesting, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I've heard good things about him, so hopefully things pan out with him. That and reach his reach is insane, and that's going to be crazy to see what he can do with it because you don't see a lot of six foot nine guys be good at football. For sure, you got like some no some guys like Willie Jefferson, but yeah, that that's kind of rare talent. So we'll have to see how he develops. And then this guy is a Bama wide receiver, uh, John Mechie the third, plays for the Crimson Tide as a wide receiver as a sophomore. Um, I hate to use this um. And now this this saying, but it's like a Toronto. And he's a Brampton man. He's from Brampton, uh, sophomore. So that means he's in his second year. Last year he didn't really record. He was just got played in garbage time. Didn't record many stats. But this year, oh my god, this guy's looking like a first round receiver. Uh, I think he had like a seventy yard TD against Ole Miss, and then he had a touchdown against. It was like a bubble screen almost. Um. Against George, I mean, uh, against Georgia last week, not Georgia Tech, rather, but <clears throat> he has like three touchdowns on the year. He's looking unstoppable. I he he's going to be a junior next year. He's got essentially three more years because this year doesn't count for NCAA eligibility. I think I don't care. I'm going to say now, hot take. He's going to be a first round receiver eventually. Yeah, man, he looked really good in the tape that I saw. Like. I, I don't know if this is the right comparison. You know more than me because you follow college more, but he looks like Henry Ruggs. Like he looks like that deep receiving option. Like yeah, the speed kid. guy, the guy who, not like a Jerry Judy where he's more of a technician, but a home run hitter. One of these guys who's gonna who can house it at any moment with his speed. Yes, yeah, so that's what I see him as. Okay, yeah, good. So I'm not off on that comp. So that's good to see then. And then another. Uh, Canadian. This this one's at Syracuse. A uh, strong side linebacker, Terrell Richards. Yeah, he's an Ottawa guy. I think when he first got there, he was a safety, if I'm not mistaken, and then he kind of filled his frame out and uh, became that linebacker. Uh, he has 15 tackles, one sack, and a forced fumble. Uh, pretty good numbers, but he's also on a horrible team. Uh, he had a nine tackle performance last week where they lost against um, Liberty, but he's a he is, he's from Brampton as well. He's a junior, so next year he's a senior. Uh, I don't think he's going to be an NFL guy. Probably a CFL guy, if I'm being quite frank. All right, that's good to know. Yeah, I don't know. I saw a bunch of Syracuse guys that were 
Canadians. Uh, some of them were ranked, some of them weren't, so we'll kind of have to see. If I miss enough guys that aren't draft eligible, we might include a couple more on our draft episode, but we'll see. Um, and then this guy, uh, this one, uh, Three Down Nation has a great series uh, where they look at Canadian college players every week called Intro to Canadian Studies. And that's where I found this guy. Uh, Akeem Mesador, defensive lineman at West Virginia. He's a true freshman. And he has the third most sacks in the NCAA, and he shares the lead for the most by a freshman. Yeah, he's not even a starter. He's a rotational uh, defensive lineman. Uh, he plays kind of like the three-tech, but he's like a strong side D-end. Uh, his brother, if I'm not mistaken, or he's related, same last name, I know they're both from Ottawa, plays on UCLA, but UCLA has not played yet because it's Pac-12. He's in the Big 12, <clears throat> which I'm kind of shocked. There is plays where I saw him. There's another play where against Kansas, their running back literally jukes him out and his ankles get broken, but obviously it's going to come with time, his skill. <clears throat> he's a true freshman, so that's absolutely insane. and. He's on the up and up. He's playing on a team that's pretty mediocre, so he's going to see a lot more action. All right, that's good. Especially like, wow, he true freshman tied for the most sacks by a freshman man, and he's Canadian. That that's awesome. Yeah, he's a, one of those guys who went down to the states to play prep at Clearwater, where literally I think a Joe played queer. Uh, Pardon my language, Clearwater, <clears throat> and like a lot of these guys on this list played at Clearwater. Interesting. Yeah, that's where I be- I don't know. Not Mechie didn't play there, but no, uh, other guys we've discussed previous before have played at that school in Florida. They love their Canadians. Well, that's good to hear. And then we can talk about this guy because he's not ranked by CFL Scouting Bureau. Chuba Hubbard of Oklahoma State. No? Chuba. Don't disrespect the Berta men's name like that. True. I thought I said Chuba, or did I say Chuba? He said Chuba. It's okay. Chuba. My bad. My bad. But. Yeah, he's 246 rushing yards, 5.9 yards per carry, and uh, three rushing touchdowns and one receiving, if I'm not mistaken. He, um, man, last year he had 2,000 scrimmage yards. He has uh, 740 right now, and they've played three games. And people are like, oh, Chuba doesn't look the same. You got to think about this. They don't have a starting, a full starting QB yet. So he's tasked with the ball. And I'm going to be honest, I don't think Oklahoma State's roster is like too crazy. <clears throat> but right now they're the number one team in the Big 12. And they could do some stuff because he's still toting the rock and running it really well. And I think that's good. They don't even have him uh, ranked in the Canadian top prospects because this guy's like a first round running back. And people are like, oh, his stats may not show it. But He's built like it. He's a track star as well. That's so awesome. Think about that, man. Didn't he? He was either a runner-up or he won some big award for like the top college running back last year, didn't he? Yeah, he did. It was against. It was him versus Jonathan Taylor, and he won it. <laughs> nice. And beating out a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who's like insane. Well, he's an NFL starter, so obviously he's that's a a good player <laughs> yeah that that shows he's got a lot of potential in the nfl oh for sure and chuba hubbard people don't know this went right out of high school he didn't play prep school or anything 
So he's real deal homegrown Canadian kid, grew up in Edmonton, well, Sherwood Park rather, which is basically Edmonton. Sorry, listeners, if you get mad at me saying that. <laughs> but yeah, he's one of these guys who just got found out of Canada and he's sane. Uh, did you play against him or was that another guy that you told me you played against? Uh, no, I've, I have not played against Chuba Hubbard in high school. Uh, I played against Eamon, who's the number oh, one. Oh, okay, yeah. And Eamon's a different breed, man. His brother's my trainer back home in Calgary, and I can't say enough good things about uh, Eamon and his brother, just tremendous people in the football community in Calgary, helping it grow even while Eamon's in uh, Oklahoma State. And he's starting, and he's had some pretty crazy performances. He leads the team in tackles. Yeah, I remember that. That's why I got it mixed up. Same school, so yeah. But Amen is ranked. That's why he's not. Uh, we're not talking about him today, but we will definitely get talking about him next week. As well as Joshua Palmer at Tennessee, and some of those other gentlemen at Virginia, the starting left tackle in Iowa. Those will be covered at a later date, guys. That Virginia kid, that wide receiver, is interesting. He's the guy who beat out uh, the guy who got drafted high in the CFL draft last year. Uh, yeah, this guy started go to the NFL. Oren, no, Orange played at Nevada. I'm I'm trying to remember his name. His brother plays on the Raps. Oh. Oh, uh, oh, okay. I'm going to look this up. Yeah. It's like Bennett or something. Yeah, sorry, guys. Sorry we're not so prepared if you've made it this long. Haha. <laughs> Apologies. Yeah, uh, I'm going to find his name. Uh, let's go. I know his first name with the Raptors brother is O'Shea. Oh, it's Brissett. It's Brissett. That's what it is. Yeah, Brissett. Yeah. No. He got beat. So imagine where this guy's going to go if they drafted Brissett, who wasn't really an impact player. Yeah, like he had a good year. I think it was West Virginia, and then he transferred to Virginia, and he didn't play that no, much. He, that's... Played, he played for an FCS team in Virginia called Richmond. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're that's right. where Jacob Ruby of the Eskimos played, who's also a Canadian who played NCAA. Yeah, like he had a good year there, and then he transferred over to Virginia, and this guy that is eligible this year was the guy who beat him out for the job. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see where he goes in comparison to percent uh okay so let's move on to covid activities so this is where we kind of give you guys a recommendation and kind of things we're doing during covid so for me uh my recommendation go watch the boys uh it's a amazon prime video series i forgot something one last prop sorry go for it Let's go Matthew back. Matthew Bergeron, the starting left tackle on Syracuse, guys. I'm so sorry. This just came to me. Oh, yeah. Quebec. There we so go. Another sorry. Syracuse guy. Yep. My apologies, guys. That just came to me. Syracuse has a million Canadians. It just gets... I keep forgetting. That's true. They really do. And then, okay, so back to our COVID activities. All right. So, yeah, go check out the boys. It's basically the premise of it is like, superheroes are kind of in our modern day and they're kind of they're like evil celebrity types they're like psychopaths it's super interesting go check it out if you don't have amazon prime go find it somewhere else uh we're not gonna tell you where to find that stuff but it's definitely a show that's worth watching and shout out amazon prime no free shout outs and shout out Borat 2, guys. Come on, go. If you're going to get oh. Amazon Prime just for Borat 2. I like that we oh have two God Amazon Prime shows. 
uh, on this list. So. Sorry, I'm so sorry, Taylor. It's okay. It's okay. I've been doing other things too, I guess. So, <laughs> uh, my COVID activities is just been working, uh, not watching the CFL, of course. And yeah, just, uh, I watched uh, Borat one a couple times and been watching the second one even more. So, uh, yeah, no, great movies. And if you like, uh, kind of darker comedy and like to make fun of Americans, it's definitely wa- worth watching. Wee wah wee wah, or however you're saying it. Wah wah wee wah. Yeah, I like it. I'm a Sasha Bear Cohen fan, and I messed that up. <clears throat> well, for me, if you guys didn't know, I play youth sports, season canceled, but the grind doesn't stop, guys. I'm still training, working out. Uh, but besides that, man, I've just been hitting the sticks while doing school, guys. Trust me, schoolwork is a priority. But if not, I got back into Warzone. Uh, there's, I took a like three-month break from it. And now I'm just so heavily into, invested in Warzone again, as well as Madden 21, guys. Man. The, the, ultimate team or what? No, I'm not playing ultimate team. I just like to play uh, online head-to-head and absolutely smack people because I'm actually <laughs> a bad god, no cap. And that's all I do is just smack guys and head-to-head or play the shitty career mode where I'm like a, I'm like a, a, uh, a QB that played running back in college. And ironically, I'm on the Saints and have Taysom Hill's number. And I just beat <laughs> Breeze got hurt and I'm taking over for the franchise. Nice. Look at you, man. Good for you. Yeah. yeah thanks, bro. That took a lot of work. And they, they're yeah. like, I don't know if you've proven yet, bro. I had fuck it. Pardon my language. Sorry, I, had, yeah. I had I had seven touchdown passes and two rushing. Okay, don't tell me I'm not ready to lead the freaking Saints, okay? All good. And then yeah, um, I know Carter isn't here this episode. He had some other things that he was doing today, so uh, I'll give another gaming recommendation. Check out Among Us. Uh, I know he, he recommended Fall Guys last time, so I'm sure he'd be mentioning Among Us. Among Us. Yeah, it's it's fun to watch people play, too. Like It's it's just a great game to play with friends. So, yeah, I highly mm. recommend checking out Among Us or even just watching streams of it and stuff is super cool. So, yeah, uh, that wraps up the show. Stay tuned for James and I's prospect rankings next week. And yeah, go check out our social media. So just search up True North CFL podcast on. We recently have a Facebook page, um, our Instagram, which is probably our biggest uh, and most active of our platforms. And then check out our Twitter as well. And we're, you can listen to the show on YouTube. Spotify and SoundCloud. Okay, I'll just say this. I feel like uh, leave this, and we don't got to say this. If you're listening this far, you know where to find us, right, guys? You're a hero if you listen. This yeah, far. thank you so much if you uh, listen to this whole if show. Anyone actually listens to this part? Leave a comment somewhere or message the podcast, please. I am begging you. But no, sure. let's like let's leave a code word here at the yeah, end. Yeah, leave a code word. That's the thing. Um, Spagoli. No, no, that's too complicated. <laughs> Spooktober. Yeah, Spooktober. Spooktober 69. Spooktober 69. <laughs> uh, all right, that's what you want to do. For Halloween. Yeah. Yep. All right, Thanks, otherwise, guys. yep, that concludes the show. Uh, thank you very much for listening. This is the True North CFL Podcast signing off. Wah, wah, wee, wah. <laughs>